Thanks, Laura. Just want to echo what Lauren was sharing. It really is amazing to be in the house of God and worshiping together. And um, my wife and I celebrated nine years of being married um, yesterday or the day before, uh, which I know is puny for some of you that are sitting in the front row, you old timers. Um, but nine years, what you realize is that the more you know, the less you know. Um, when you newly married, you think you know a whole lot, um, and then you realize, maybe I don't know so much. Um, but we're so grateful to be married, and one of the things we wrote down last week is that I met my wife here in this church, and our kids have been raised in this church, and so we're very grateful for this house, and we're very grateful for each of you. And uh, again, uh, last week was an incredible time. So I'm going to share a message with you called Don't Get Used to the dark. Don't get used to the dark. Can I just pray for a moment? Father, thank you that you're going to do a work in our hearts today that only you can do. And so, Father, we take a moment right now to say that you can have your way in each of our lives, that you would speak to us individually and uniquely today. And we thank you, Holy Spirit, that you would move in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So um, a couple of weeks ago, uh, probably about two or three months ago now, uh, the lights went out in our home and it was about seven o'clock at night, middle of winter. And so um, when the lights go out, it's dark, like proper dark, like couldn't see my hand in front of my face dark. And uh, we got three kids. And so um, I was in the kitchen um, cooking or cleaning or doing all the house chores like I always do, um, and just humble brag. And, uh, and I hear our two kids who are playing uh, in the one room obviously shriek and there is panic. The one is uh, five years old, the other is about to turn three years old. And I hear my wife from the furthest bedroom shout out, I'm feeding Orlando our 10 month old. Okay, so I'm in the kitchen and I don't have my phone with me and I realize first thing I've got to do is get to the kids who are in sheer panic. And so I'm trying to find my way through uh, the kitchen and along the kind of corridor and passage area and then into the room. And as I get into the room, these two little munchkins, like they grab onto me with sheer hysteria and panic and joy and tears and they hold on. And so I kind of calm them down in this moment and say to them, we got to find a way to light up the house. We've got to find some matches and some candles. And so we head off back to the kitchen where they are clinging to each leg as I walk slowly back to the kitchen, find some matches, manage to light the candle. And we sit around this one little light for about three or four minutes as the calm sets in and they are now okay. After a couple of minutes, an interesting thing took place. Because in those first couple of minutes, they were acutely aware of how dark it was. But after a couple of minutes, and after a couple of candles being set up, I saw an interesting phenomenon. My oldest daughter, who's five years old, was back in her bedroom, calmly playing. Her candle had gone out. So she was sitting in the dark, but she had got used to the dark. She now was accustomed to the dark. And I sat in this moment and I wondered, I wonder how often you and I, in our lives, in our spiritual lives, have got used to the dark and we don't even know it. 
where at one stage we would cling to our Father, we would head to the light, we would be acutely aware of the darkness around us. Have we in some ways got used to the dark? Now, I don't know how it is in your home, but at night our lights will all go off. And then if I need something from the kitchen, I will not turn on all the lights. I know our house backwards. And so I know how many steps it takes along the corridor. Sometimes I'll run my hand along the wall and then I'll know, okay, there's a doorway. Anybody else do that? And you, you just know your home. You've got used to and accustomed and adjusted to the dark. I wonder whether the devil is having a field day with Christians, getting us used to the dark, living as if that's normal, living like being used to the dark is okay. And so I wanna preach a sermon today called Don't Get Used to the Dark. And there is only one thing worse than being afraid of the dark, and that's being used to the dark. There is an extreme danger for Christians, and I mean Christians. There's an extreme danger for Christians where we become accustomed and adjusted to the dark. Now, in order for me to bring this sermon to light today, in order for me to bring this sermon home today, I'm gonna have to make some statements that are gonna sound a little accusational, that are gonna perhaps even sound a little judgmental. Like I'm gonna get up in your face and in your business. And so the only way that I'm able to do that and perhaps get permission from you is to first tell you a story that'll help me get up in your business. And the story goes like this about 18 months ago. I had to visit our family doctor. He goes to this church, Dr. Porsma. His family go to this church. And I've been going for kind of 10 or 15 years. Our kids have all gone there. My wife goes there. He's our family doctor. And about 18 months I had to go. And it wasn't because I was sick. It was because for about a period of six months, intermittently, I had been struggling with this pain across my heart. And it felt like at times it was like this tightening or this like inability to breathe or, and, and it really started to become a little worrying. Now that would be normally worrying, but on top of that, my dad has a history with heart attacks. In his 30s, 40s, and 50s, he had a heart attack in each of those decades. And so, to be honest, for about six months, I didn't say anything to my wife and I just kind of try to pray it away and, um, and eventually I kind of muttered it to her one night when I was struggling and she's like, we are going to the doctor. And so the next day I went to Dr. Posma and he got me all kind of taped up and I had to do a whole bunch of exercises and they did a whole bunch of checks to see how my heart was. And then I waited on his bed as he kind of took out his stethoscope and checked a couple of things and my shirt was off and I'm sitting and he's kind of checking everything and the results arrived back and he goes, I got good news for you and I got bad news for you. I go, well, that's cool. Well, let's start with the good news. He says, good news is your heart's completely fine. Bad news is you're not. He said, can I be honest with you? I said, sure. I mean, no problem. He's like, I'm going to be really honest with you. I said, go for it. It's no problem. I'm sitting there with my shirt off, kind of on his bed with a stethoscope, and he goes, you fat. I'm like, geez, that's a little more honest than I thought. I'm like, can I put my shirt back on? Or like, and he's like, no, seriously, Cole, you fat. He said, I've known you for what, 10, 15, 20 years? I said, yeah. 
He says, you used to be skinny, like a rake. He says, I don't mind that you put on a couple of pounds. He says, but I'm telling you, you put on more than a couple of kgs. He says, I'm going to tell you, young man, I've seen people like you, fit, healthy, strong. You think you got it all together, but you're not looking after yourself. And I've seen dads drop down dead because they haven't looked after themselves. And I got in the car that day and I drove home with this eerie sense of like, I don't want to die. And more than that, actually had very little to do with me. I started to think about my kids. And I'm like, I've got a responsibility. Like, I've got a legacy. I've got a love story here that's really, really important. And I need to make sure that I sort myself out. And I want to say to you, church, that you've got a legacy. That you've got a love story. That you've got a responsibility. And I think that some of us are potentially spiritually unhealthy. And sometimes what we need is a couple of raw, honest interventions and statements that look at you and go, you're fat. And so today, if I can for a moment, with all the love in the world, as your pastor look at you and go, if you're spiritually unhealthy, if there's some darkness in your life, we need to deal with it. We need to have an honest conversation so that we get spiritually healthy. Do not get used to the dark. And so, let me start making some of these statements that perhaps are going to leave us feeling like me sitting on the bed without my shirt on, fully exposed, going, woo can I get out of here? Here they go. When you, start, when you start to get used to the darkness, sin becomes less repulsive. We become desensitized to sin and spiritual darkness. When you start getting used to the darkness, your conscience is stretched and even seared. The Bible gives an amazing imagery about your conscious being seared. It gives the imagery of taking a piece of material or cloth and taking a hot iron and putting it on and just seeing that material kind of disappear. And so for many of us, our conscience, if we get used to the dark, starts to get seared. Things that once bothered us are now normal. When you start to get used to the darkness, the unacceptable becomes acceptable. We become casual and complacent to the condition of this world. See, church, we live in a day and an age where deviant lifestyles are celebrated and unthinkable evils are embraced. Can I say that one more time? We live in a world and in an age where deviant lifestyles are celebrated and unthinkable evils are embraced. Bad is so bad that what I'm doing is not too bad. Bad is so bad that what I'm doing is not too bad. But church, when did the world become our standard? It never has been, it never will be. Jesus is always our standard for our lives. Do not get used to the dark. The Bible says that we live in the world, but we're not of the world. As we expose ourselves to darkness, our spiritual perception, just like our natural eyesight, begins to adapt to the degree of darkness around us. 
Which is why 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 33 says, bad, do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt good character. Do not be deceived. Bad company will corrupt your good character. Darkness has the ability to change our perception. If you sit in the darkness long enough, then you begin to imagine that it's getting lighter. Come on, we've all been there. All of a sudden, your eyes start to adapt. And you're, you think, hey, it's actually getting, I can see. The devil has conned us into believing that this is normal, that this is okay. You become so used to the dark that darkness begins to appear to be light. And it's entirely possible to become blinded by the darkness. It's entirely possible to become blinded by the darkness. So much so that where the devil sears your conscience to the point that you don't even realize that you are, that you are living in spiritual delusion. Listen to what 1 John chapter 2, verse 11 says. It says, they do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. No judgment here. And I really mean no judgment here. But I have sat in conversations with Christians and, and being flabbergasted, like my mind is being blown as I, I'm having the conversation, going, I don't know that you have a moral compass. I, I'm, I'm confused how this is okay for you. I'm not sure that you're walking in the fear of God. I don't know if you've considered working out your salvation in fear and trembling. It's not that they can't sort out their sin. They can't even see their sin. Darkness has a way of blinding us that we don't even see the darkness we're in. Anybody feeling like me sitting on Dr. Postma's bed saying, when can I leave? The devil is having a field day deceiving people by getting them used to darkness like it's normal. Do you know the word do not or the phrase do not be deceived? Do not be deceived is used 73 times in the Bible. The word deceive is deliberately cause someone to believe something that is not true. The devil is, he's having a field day getting you and I to believe that the way that darkness or the way that we're living in darkness is normal. This is normal life to live like this. Do not be deceived. It's not normal, church. It's not okay. It's not the way that God wants us to live. And this deception often happens slowly and subtly. Slowly and subtly. I don't know if this is true, but there's... An, there's a story about how if you take a frog and you put them in hot water and you slowly just turn up the temperature, like if you drop them in boiling water, they jump straight out. But you just slowly turn up the temperature and eventually that frog will die without even knowing it. I wonder if darkness is slowly and subtly having a way and we don't even know it. Do not get used to the dark. 
And there's this Casting Crown song that I love. It was written probably 15 years ago, and it's called Slow Fader. The lyrics are going to come up on the screen, and I'm going to read it to you. It says, be careful little eyes what you see. It's the second glance that ties your hands as darkness pulls the strings. Be careful little feet where you go, for it's the little feet behind you that are sure to follow. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. Be careful, little ears, what you hear. When flattery leads to compromise, the end is always near. Be careful, little lips, what you say, for empty words and promises lead to broken hearts astray. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white turn to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid. When you give yourself away, people never crumble in a day. The journey from your mind to your hands is shorter than you think. Be careful if you think you stand, you just might be sinking. It's a slow fade when you give yourself away. It's a slow fade when black and white have turned to gray. Thoughts invade, choices are made, a price will be paid when you give yourself away. People never crumble in a day. Daddies never crumble in a day. Families never crumble in a day. And where there's this warning of do not be deceived, and I believe the devil wants us to be deceived into believing that darkness is okay, that living like this is okay. I believe that God is calling his church to be vigilant, to be aware, to be awake, to be on safeguard, to be making sure that you and I are aware that we do not get used to the dark. So if I was sitting in your chair right now, I would be wanting to ask these particular questions. Where has darkness become normal to me? In what areas? God or Holy Spirit, please, can you reveal them to me? And then God, please, can you help me walk away from the dark and into the light? And so I'm going to make some observations and some possible, of some possible areas of darkness because darkness is not just sex, drugs, and rock and roll. The devil would love you to believe that. Oh, I'm not doing the major sins. But that subtle, slow fade starts to eat away at your soul and my soul. And so, of course, there could probably, and there are a million other different areas of darkness. But here's a couple that I just wanted to pick apart today. The first area where I think darkness has invaded our souls is what we let our eyes see. We just heard it from the song. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. I don't know about you. But when I look at social media, and I look at Netflix, and I look at YouTube, I just sometimes like, I, it has, I mean, we talk about a slow fade, but church, to be honest, what has happened, the progression in the last 10 years, what was once PG, uh, what was once 18 is now kind of PG 13. It is unreal what you and I get to see. It is, can I just say, it's absurd that I would sit in my bedroom looking at particular things on my phone that I would never have access to. It cannot be normal. It cannot be okay. We cannot just say, oh, well. And I wanna read you 
A pretty in- I'm not going to read a verse uh, scripture for each of these points, but I want to read this particular verse because it's pretty intense. It's from the Bible in the New Testament. It's Jesus' words, Matthew chapter 6, verse 22. I'm reading from a version called The Voice, and it says this, The eye is the lamp of the body. You draw light into your body through your eyes. The light shines out to the world through your eyes. So if your eye is well and shows, uh, sorry, so if your eye is well and shows you what is true, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is clouded or evil, then your body will be filled with evil and dark clouds. And the darkness that takes over the body of the child of God who has gone astray, that is the deepest, darkest darkness there is. Woo! Just some light reading for Sunday morning. No, but seriously. Said this to a young guy the other day. I'm like, I don't know how you do it. I'm just, I'm just being honest. We're trying to like navigate your purity. I don't know how you do it if you continue to open up your social medias. I, I, like, I, I don't know how. I, I even said this to him. I'm like, I'm a decade plus older than you. So like the people I'm following and I've had to unfollow people and I'm hardly on social media now. But they wear clothes. Your crowd don't. I don't know how you do it. Be careful, little eyes, what you see. Have we got used to the darkness? Watching Netflix, being okay with this and that, and on social media and YouTube, it's just okay. Don't get used to the darkness. With our kids, what they watch, what they do, what we give them permission to do. My mum drove me nuts. From as far back as I can remember till about 18 years old, with all her rules and who you can do and you can't do and you should do and you shouldn't do. And there were times I hated her for it. Now when I look back, I love her for all those things. Let me tell you parents, if your kids, if you don't drive your kids nuts at times, you're not being their parents, you're being their friend. They don't need friends, they can make lots of friends. They've only got two parents. Stop getting used to the darkness. Stop being okay. I don't know, maybe it's the way you respond, your anger, your temper tantrums, it's fine, you know? Maybe it's your marriage, the lack of intimacy or the lack of intentionality. Maybe you're just passing ships and you're like, you know what, that's just how it is. No, it's not. That's not what the Bible says. Maybe it's that flirty relationship that you've got with that person that's not kind of hasn't crossed any boundaries yet but yes it has maybe it's the half truths and not really being fully integrous not kind of you know telling the full truth telling half it's not quite a lie but it's you know ducking and diving or taxes or everybody does it you've got to make a plan do we well the gossip I mean, I just feel like gossip is just totally fine. Like I feel like that ship has sailed, even for Christians. It's like, it's just okay. That, that one is just, it's a small little, God's not that serious about that one. Speak, say what you want. Is it? Or has darkness become something that we just got used to? You know, everybody does it. Having too much to drink will just let your hair down, have a little bit of fun. It's okay. What about 
carrying bitterness or unforgiveness or anger or jealousy. Read you one more verse. It says this, 1 John 2 verse 9, 10 and 11. Anyone who claims to be in the light but hates a brother or sister is still in darkness. Anyone who loves their brother and sister lives in the light and there is nothing in them to make them stumble. But anyone who hates a brother and sister is in darkness and walks around in darkness. They do not know where they are going because the darkness has blinded them. Oh, but they hurt me. I know. That's why God said we need to forgive them. Oh, but they were wrong. I know. No, but you don't know. I don't. But we've got to choose. We're going to walk in the light or we're going to get used to the dark. We're going to operate by the standards and the ways of the world or we're going to choose Jesus. We're going to choose his ways and his word. Here's another one. Uh, we're going to come up for air in a moment. Uh, but what about like substituting the presence of God for a service? Like I go to church. We should be pursuing the presence of God, the person of Jesus, not coming to church or doing a duty. Have we got used to the darkness where the devil's kind of conned us into believing that being a Christian means coming to church and perhaps opening up your Bible every now and then? Have we got used to that? And God's going, I never wanted that. I never created you for that. I want you to come after me. I want to have relationship, not religion. I want you, not your duty. Okay, here's a couple more and then we're going to land this. Racism, sexism, pride, arrogance, greed. Ephesians, which by the way is in the New Testament, not the Old Testament, because anytime anything gets heavy, we like to go, that's Old Testament law. This is New Testament grace. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 19, 20, and 21 sums it up like this. You can find many, 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 many accounts where God's like, this is not the way I want you to live. This is not the life I have for you. This is not how I want you to kind of be conned into believing this is normal. And so Ephesians chapter 5 verse 19 says, The acts of the flesh, perhaps the ways of darkness, are obvious. Sexual morality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. God's like, hey, church. I don't want you to live like this. This is not why I died on a cross. I died for far greater freedom. Do not get used to the dark. And so church, the question remains, what has become normal to us that we don't even see it as dark anymore? Have you and I got used to the dark? And if so, what's the remedy? What's the remedy? Well, the good news is, church, the good news is the remedy to darkness is light. The remedy to darkness is light. You know this. Darkness actually doesn't exist. It's not a thing. You cannot make darkness. In fact, it can never exist unless there's light. Where there is light, there cannot be darkness. Darkness only exists in your life and in my life and in physical spaces because of a lack of light. 
So the remedy to your darkness and the remedy to my darkness is light. John 8 verse 12 says this. Again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus is saying this. If you're looking for light, it's me. It's not a 10 step plan. It's Jesus. If you're looking for freedom in your marriage, if you're looking for light in your purity, if, you, if you're looking for light, it's Jesus. But notice this, the scripture says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness. Not whoever believes in me. Many Christians believe in God and live in darkness. I could say it like this, we're going to heaven, but we're living like hell. Those who follow me will walk in the light. How do you follow somebody? I think there are really only two ways that you and I can follow anybody. And that's if we can see them and if we can hear them. We've got to be able to follow Jesus, who is the light. We've got to see him and we've got to hear him. And the only way that I know how to see God and hear God, because he's not physically present with us, is through his word. Listen to what Psalm 119 says. Verse 105 says, it says, Your word is the lamp for my feet and a light on my path. His word allows us to see him and to follow him. 1 John chapter 1, verse 5, 6, and 7 says it like this. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. I love the definite statement of God here. Number one, I am light. And number two, when you come to me, there's the possibility of having no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. Church, the only way you and I can live out the truth, have fellowship with God, is if we get our hearts, our minds, our lives into the word of God, which is the truth. And the truth will set you free, and the truth will show you the darkness, and the truth will show you the light, and the truth will help us. And then it says this, but if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another, we have fellowship with Jesus. The blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. How are you and I gonna make sure that the deception of darkness doesn't exist? How are you and I going to make sure that that sin that has wreaked havoc in our lives no longer does that? We're going to have fellowship with the light. We're going to walk and follow the light. We're going to get ourselves in the Word of God. And the truth is, when we do that, we will be set free of that sin and that darkness. 18 months ago, I'm sitting on the bed kind of looking down and seeing more roles than I want to, like feeling super exposed. I have that moment home in the car and I'll make a decision. My heart may be right, but I'm not. I need to get right. So it's been about, give or take 18 months. Now I've been on the road trying to eat a little healthier and at this stage, I've lost kind of between 10 and 12 kgs, depending when in the day you weigh me and like how good or bad a weekend it's been. 
And I think I've got about another five or six to go to be healthy. And I tell you that because I believe that when we make a choice to choose the light, when you make a decision that when you are confronted with truth, when you're confronted with conviction and you make a choice to pursue the light, you will see a day by day, week by week, month by month, change. Because I might not, I might not fully be where I wanna be just yet, but if I'm in the light, darkness has to disappear. And you'll start to see those strangleholds and those strongholds and those habits and those decisions and those areas of darkness and those areas of sin start to fall off as you choose to walk in the light. If you and I wanna change the darkness out there, we need to change the darkness in here. You can't change the world if you look the same. God has called us to be salt and light and I think that there's a devil out there that's saying if we can't stop them seeing the light, then let's stop them being the light. Many of us are going to heaven but living like hell. And that's not God's heart for you. Today is not a, I know it beyond a shadow of a doubt that when Dr. Posma, our family doctor, looked at me and said, you fat, he wasn't being ugly. He was giving me truth that would change my life and that would allow me to leave a legacy and to take on the responsibility that God's given me and to live out the love story, the plan that God has over my life. So I don't know what God is speaking to you about, but I do know that you and I should not get used to the dark, that we should not just write it off as it's okay. And we're gonna sing a song. And I was with Mark at their home the other day and he's like, hey, we should sing this song. And I wanna just read you the beginning lyrics. It's called Fresh Wind. It's about the Holy Spirit doing what only the Holy Spirit can do. See, I don't know where the areas of darkness are for you. I do know that God wants freedom and He will bring His light. But it's only the Holy Spirit that can help and lead and guide. And the words go like this. Spirit sound, rushing wind, fire of God fall within. Holy Ghost, breathe on us, we pray. As we repent, turn from sin, Revival embers smoldering. Breath of God, fan us into flame. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit for our hearts that burn with holy fear. Purified in faith and deed, refine as fire, strengthen what remains. So we the church who bear your light, lamp aflame, city bright, King and kingdom come is what we pray. We need a fresh wind, the fragrance of heaven. Pour out your spirit, pour out your spirit, a holy anointing. And we're gonna take a moment right now, a moment that's between you and God. If you wanna sit, you can sit. If you wanna stand, you can stand. But we're gonna sing this song. And I'm trusting that you're gonna respond saying, just like I did driving home in that car going, okay, God, I don't want to live like this. 
There's too much at stake. There's too much that you've got for me, God. Let's stand.